Hi, I'm Natalie Pinkham and this podcast is dedicated to Caroline Flack. It's a collection of stories told by her closest friends as a way of marking her birthday today, November the 9th. Flacky was so much fun. She was playful, adventurous, deeply compassionate and very funny. A lot of the time without actually meaning to be. Like the time when she met Formula One's Daniel Ricciardo. She asked him what he did for a living. When he replied, I'm a driver, she said, oh great, for Uber? We fell about laughing. She, of course, didn't know why we were laughing so much because it was a genuine question, but she joined in anyway because laughter just led to more laughter with her. Daniel actually loved the fact that she didn't know who he was and we all loved the fact that there was never any judgment or snobbery with her. Plenty of naivety, though. If she liked you as a person, she just didn't care where you came from or what you did for a living. So whether you drove in F1 or in an Uber... It was cool with her. You always left her company feeling energised, empowered, happier. So, here are plenty more happy memories. I hope they make you smile. Let's kick things off then with her partner in crime from X Factor, Ollie Murs. Okay, so in 2012, Caroline came out to Essex. Now, she never came out to Essex, but I think on this day we must have been filming something for X Factor or something. So she came out to Essex, came and saw my house for the very first time, and now I just moved in. So I had all completely interior design. I was really excited about it. Couldn't wait for her to see what my house was looking like, and she was excited. So she came round, had a bit of lunch, and <laughs> she came into my dressing room. Now, for some crazy reason, I decided to put wallpaper on the wall with my face on it. And she walked in the room and she just broke down laughing. She couldn't stop laughing. She was crying. And you know, Caroline's laugh, it was very infectious and very like, just loud and funny. And I just thought, oh no, I can't believe Caroline's seen this because I just know she she's going to tell someone. So I was like, don't tell anyone, Caroline, please, please, like keep this to yourself, like. And well, a week later, she's on Celebrity Juice. Keith Lemon asked her a question. She told everyone. And I've never lived it down. The wallpaper's now gone. I got rid of it very quickly. Um, but it always reminds me of Caroline when she came round. And yeah, it was a good story. Hello there, people listening. My name is Anna Blue. And I met Caroline way back in 2004. Um, that was before I got hitched when I was still Anna Reed, and I was an aspiring TV producer and Caroline was an aspiring TV presenter and I hired her to host a show that I was making for Channel 4 at the time called The Games and in fact she was hosting uh, The Games live at Trackside with Justin Lee Collins which was this daily live E4 show we were making and um, we stayed in Sheffield for four weeks to make that show, living in a holiday inn. And from that point, for many years, we were inseparable. And I have always, and I will always, call Carrie my best friend, as I know lots of people on this podcast will. And there are lots of stories I have of Caroline that I probably won't tell until I am old and beyond reprisal. But I do have a very vivid memory of an early night out with her that I think is probably okay to spill the beans on. 
So the Games was Caroline's like first mainstream presenting gig, but she had, I think, for a couple of years before that, been presenting on the European Poker Tour. Um, and in that time, she'd learned how to play quite a mean hand of poker. Um, and this was the mid noughties so basically there were two sort of hotspots for nights out at the time in London. You either hung out in Camden, a sort of social vortex which spun around Amy Winehouse and the members of various indie guitar bands, or you hung out at the Met Bar with the likes of Kate Moss. Well, we were firmly in the Camden scene, but we were out one Friday night and Carrie had a text from a friend of hers who used to organise these high-end poker games in clubs and poker tournaments. Um, And he invited us over to the Met Bar where he was hosting a poker night. And it was very much like, hey, Caroline, come and bring a couple of girls with you. And so off we went, me, Caroline and our friend Jade, thinking this was going to be some sort of big, posh West London poker tournament in the Met Bar. Except when we got there, it wasn't in the Met Bar at all. It turned out the address we'd been given was for this private hotel suite located in a private house around the back of the hotel. And we were like, sheesh, what if this is some Russian oligarchs trading in North London girls and we're going to be kept captive in their harem? But Caroline was, of course, still up for going in. So she made us agree on a code, code word, um, that we could use in case we needed to organise some sort of quick get out. And we rang the bell and we went up into this hotel suite. And there inside was this dining table. And around the dining table, waiting to play this intimate game of poker, four guys. One of them's Caroline's poker friend. Um, One of them is like a childhood hero of mine from what had been my favourite TV drama as a kid. One of them is the lead actor in the biggest BBC drama that's on at that time. And the fourth was a very famous actor who had just finished in the biggest role in the biggest American teen drama on TV. And we'll just call him The American. And this was his hotel suite. And it turned out that he was in London playing in the West End and he was going to be there for a couple of weeks. And somehow we had ended up at his private poker game. Oh, my God. So this is the moment at which I'm thinking, I am terrible at poker. What am I going to do? I couldn't even drink because every time I picked up my drink, the ice in my glass jiggled uncontrollably and gave me away. Anyway, somehow we managed to bluff our way through three or four hours of this poker game. And I I have a feeling, probably with no small amount of beginner's luck, that Jade won and we took the pot. Anyway, we didn't get kidnapped and we left in the early hours. And when we got into the cab... We were all having a good laugh about it. And then Caroline said, oh, my God, the American had his hand on my knee under the table the whole night. And we were like, well, what the hell are you doing in the cab? Why didn't you stay? And she said, I don't know. And she jumped out of the car, ran back to the door, rang the doorbell, and the American answered. And she gave him this huge Hollywood kiss on the doorstep. And then she got back into the car and we all laughed our way home to North London. Now, that American guy, he wasn't the first or the last and probably not even the most famous guy that Caroline kissed, but he was the first um, night out that I had with Caroline uh, where I realised that that's what a night out with Caroline could turn into. And 
Um, it was the blueprint for many more very hilarious and good fun nights out. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that Caroline had emotional baggage like everyone and it wasn't all light, but that more than anyone else I have ever known, she knew how to have fun and she loved having fun and she was really, really good at finding it. And um, I think that's probably why people were drawn to her because that attitude was magnetic and that's probably why she had so many people who called her their best friend and I miss her desperately Um, and I loved her very much and I still do and I just hope that wherever she is right now she is enjoying and probably winning a celebrity game of poker. Hi, it's Dawn O'Porter here. I was trying to think what story to tell about Caroline and it's so difficult because there are so many and some of them feel so small, but for some reason, they're the ones that I remember the most. And I will say that as I was trying to think of what story to tell about her, I realised that when she comes into my mind, I laugh before I cry. And I think that's a real testament to who she was in my life. She was my funniest friend. And it started right at the beginning. We had just been on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here together down in Australia. And that was where we met. And when we got back to London, she was doing a TV show that was a lip sync battle. And she'd said to me, oh, you know, come along, come along and sit in the audience. And so I did. And halfway through the show, Alex Jones cut to myself and my husband, Chris, and said, and now we're going to go to um, Caroline's best friends who are in the audience. (laughs) And we were like, yeah, hi, babe, hi, waving at her. And she was like, oh, God, hi, I'm so glad you're here. And um, what was hilarious is that she had never met Chris before. And it became this hilarious story for us as a trio because she was like, the first time I met you, you were introduced as my best friend on national TV. And um, the friendship that I watched between her and Chris was so cute. We had so many good times. And when I think of Caroline, I think of Glastonbury and her on Chris's shoulders and us all singing our goddamn hearts out and having the time of our lives. Um, I could I could keep telling you how great she was and how important she was to me for way longer than this podcast could ever last. But happy birthday, Flag. I miss you so much. Hello, this is Jeanette Monrara from Strictly Come Dancing. And I'm going to share my favorite kind of story with Caroline. Um, And it's not a specific story. It's just something about her that always I appreciated so much. Um, She came on Strictly Come Dancing and absolutely had the time of her life, won the show, was incredible in the final. And every single week, really, she was just outstanding to watch dance. But... After she finished Strictly Come Dancing, her and I became really, really close, funny enough, after she left the show. And every single year thereafter, she would message me, talking to me about, you know, what were her favorite dances, asking about how everyone's getting along, um, you know, how's so-and-so's number this week? I can't wait to watch so-and-so's Charleston or, um, you know, I can't wait so- to see so-and-so's waltz. It was just her enthusiasm and love and appreciation for dance that she carried on even after she left Strictly Come Dancing. And, um, you know, I know that she's always been incredible at everything that she does, but I think for me as as someone that really fell in love with her, 
I fell in love with her joy that that she gained from watching people dancing and from just involving herself in the world of dance the way that she did. Um, and yeah, I think I love that she was everyone's biggest cheerleader, you know. Um, every year she'd be like, oh my God, Jeanette, you're doing amazing with Ronge. Oh my God, you and Will. Uh, and she just, yeah, she was just an incredible cheerleader for the show and for dance. So for me to see someone that I care about so much and love so much fall in love with what kind of is the other thing in my life that brings me so much joy, which is dancing, was awesome. It was so good to see her, just her, her eyes light up when she talked about Strictly and dancing. And uh, and yeah, I think uh, she she just really enjoyed uh, being a part of the Strictly Come Dancing family. And she always felt like she was going to be a part of the Strictly family forever. And uh, we danced together again in the Christmas special when she did that. And that was really nice because I got to spend some more time with her again and dance, watch her dance again. And yeah, I think uh, for me, the biggest memory that I have with her is just just her joy and enthusiasm and love for for dancing. That always made me feel incredible. And she was my biggest cheerleader. Jeanette, you're amazing. You smashed that routine at the weekend. And yeah, I think uh, she's always going to be a part of the Strictly family. And she's going to be a very, very special part of the Strictly family. Uh, but not just for Strictly, but just for me, she, the love that she felt for dance was just extra, extra special. Hello, my name is Eliash Kudialets, and um, I met Caroline in 2014 in a dance job. And ever since, really, we were friends. Uh, so it's hard to pick a fondest mo memory of the last six years. Um, but if I could pick one, it would be watching her perform every night on the live tour after she won Strictly was absolutely incredible. Watching her live every night, seeing the joy in her face, the love for performing, the, um, the happiness that she exudes always and ever. Um, that would have been my, my highlight of our beautiful friendship. And uh, just getting to know her was I think the blessing and the best moment moments that i'm gonna cherish forever um yes forever a friend bye now hi it's me again natalie just to tell you that our next contributor to this podcast is the gorgeous lou teasdale a very close friend of flackies she and i sat down on zoom and shared some very special memories so obviously we have got loads of stories about Caroline. And actually when you start telling stories, you remember more, don't you? Yeah. You start like going down one path and then digressing to another and another. But when I first met her, which was, I don't know, 15 odd years ago, it was so funny because um, as we know, she was a terrible flirt. I mean, she just loved to flirt with boys and girls. It wasn't, I don't yeah. think necessarily a sex sexual thing it was just like a human thing she was just a very kind of open yeah it's just who she is yeah just a really affectionate person and she just makes you love her exactly 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 um so anyway she she'd this is a long story short but she basically flirted with this guy on camera and but she didn't know that the guy was actually dating the boss of the production that we're on and so when she came off camera, they said, well, the, the woman in got very jealous and said, well, I want her gone. I don't want her involved in this. And you see, it's a risky little game. 
well, there you go. It is. And anyway, so they then called me up and said, could I replace her on this poker show? And I didn't know. Well, I didn't actually know that I was replacing her. I was just offered the job of presenting it. This is my first ever presenting job. And so I turn up there and her agent had found some sort of loophole that said, look, you can't sack her because of this. So in the end, they were left in a position where they had two presenters for one show. That look very alike. Well, that was the other thing is that as soon as <laughs> I got there, they said, you two actually look really similar. So we thought, oh, this is a lot of fun. Well, first of all, they thought there was going to be some sort of catty bitch fight that we were going to hate each other and then it would just and we like fell in love instantly. That was it. We were like thick as thieves and weren't competitive or jealous with each other at all. We just decided we were going to have a lot of fun presenting the show together. So she did all the links from outside the casino. I did all the links inside the casino. We curled our hair the same. We put the same makeup on and we pretended we were the same person. <laughs> and did it work? Well, because everyone that was watching Late Night Poker... We're either pissed or yeah. half asleep, so no one really noticed. And, and we go, mm, never see us in the same room at the same time. <laughs> we are, in fact, the same person. <laughs> so anyway, we did this, and we, we, we just had, like, this absolute ball travelling through Europe, going to all these, like, bars and restaurants. And I remember going into a, a bar in Amsterdam. I think it was Amsterdam. And um, obviously, Caroline had the most incredible voice and I was always like a pushy mum going, oh, go and sing, sing, sing. And she would be like, no, no, no. Oh, go on then, rub her arm, I'll sing. And she got up, she got up on the stage in this bar and I persuaded the guy that was on the guitar to let her sing in the bar. And he instantly fancied her. I mean, he was like hearts in his eyes. He was like instantly obsessed. And... So she's sort of like hanging around his neck, singing really seductively. And he's just like, I mean, she didn't fancy him at all. He was particularly unattractive, but <laughs> she was like playing up in this moment. Anyway, suddenly I get this whack on my back on my shoulder from security. Well, at least I thought it was security, but it was actually this really massive woman who was the girlfriend of the bloke him. Stage. <laughs> him. And she went, get out. And she literally like frog marched. And you, little Caroline's legs were like in the air. <laughs> she like lifted her up by a collar and she threw us both out into the snow. And I remember just la like lying in the snow, laughing so hard, doing these like snow angels. Oh my God. When you say about being pushy with that, I used to do it all the time, you know, and she just didn't care. I'd be like, you know, when you were at the, like the airport check-in and they're just not really treating you nice enough. And I'd just push Caroline and be like, Caroline, you stand here because you're Caroline back. So they'll just be loads nicer to us. Or when you want to go in a restaurant, they're saying there's no tables. And I'm like, how are you? Just stand in front, like literally push you in front of us and it would get sorted. <laughs> Use and abuse. Oh, I'm like, come on, you're famous. Get in front. Oh, but also <laughs> she would she always was, do it. She was, she was such a little natural entertainer, wasn't she? Yeah, and she was such a good sport. Like she would just yeah. get it and find it really funny. She'd just think it was funny, so she yeah. would just do it. And yeah. obviously, like when you spend a lot of time around people like that, and I always worked for celebrities rather than had them as friends then you have to be really careful and sometimes might be a bit uptight with things like that. And she just never would. She'd just find it hilarious and just take one for the team and get it sorted. Oh, brilliant. What a legend. I was going to tell you one. Yeah, go on. We were in um, 
we were in Jamaica and obviously like she's always on at me that I, I was embarrassing on Instagram why always because I'm just always taking pictures and she's just like oh like have a drink you know like oh God, it down. And, then, and then I would start like coaching her to like oh. I'm a bit nicer and all this and then she'd just start doing it a little bit more so we were in Jamaica right and it was quite early days in Instagram and um we'd literally gone up this waterfall and it was just like a sandals nightmare there was all the people had arrived at the waterfall at the same time so it was like the airport queue going up the waterfall it just wasn't beautiful like we wanted for our pictures and we literally paid this guy like a hundred dollars like a local guy to take photos of us and clear everyone out the way and he's literally like diving up the waterfall with the camera and pushing everyone out the way and then like come on girls get in get in and then we'd get it and it all just looked like there was only us in this like really romantic waterfall getting our instagrams and then we got back down to the beach and i was like right come on we were probably trying to get some guys to text us or something and we were on one of our heartbreak holidays she'd just done strictly she just like her body just looked amazing she you could tell she felt really good in herself I was like right come on walk out the sea I'm gonna get like this shot you look sick she's like this is so embarrassing I was like do it get the picture she's like all right then so then she does it she bought a new bikini and everything anyway let me show you She's going, it's a good job this is a private beach because if anybody can see us, this is so embarrassing, Lou. I was like, no, no one can see us, no one can see us. <laughs> anyway, there was a pap in the bush the whole time. And I mean, God knows how we didn't see because she would always check for paps. She could always spot them. But honestly, these pictures came out in the paper the next day. She, she killed me. She was like, oh my God, Lou, right, can you see that? Can you see us? <laughs> How oh my God, she's amazing. She's like, oh my God, they've got Pabbage and they're taking their selfies. I hate you. I know the picture you're talking about in the waterfall. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah we had to pay this guy. <laughs> it, we were so embarrassing. But... Girlfriends of Instagram. You you were basically she was like you were her she was your stand-in boyfriend of Instagram taking all the pictures for you. Yeah, she was my Insta husband. Well, she wasn't very good at getting my picture. <laughs> I would just take hundreds of her and then like here we go. <laughs> oh. Hello, I'm Demo O'Leary. And I'm D Copang O'Leary. And we um knew Caroline very well. Actually, even though we're married, we knew Caroline separately from way 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 back in the day way back when we all started out in the industry together so what are your memories of what, what you, what's your first memory of her and what's your abiding memory of her that can be broadcast <laughs> <laughs> um i think i was just trying to work out what year we first met and it probably would have been about 2002 mm. 2001 we got together 2002 so it's before that yeah so 2000 so that's been 2001 2001 so I was 23 is that right yeah I was 23 so Caroline must have been about 22 and I just started working in television and um all this actually must have been my se my second job in television and I was working on the Pepsi chart show um for Norway but shot in England for Norway <laughs> yeah and a uh, bizarre job where basically they needed someone that spoke half English and half Norwegian yeah. which was perfect um and uh and Caroline was presenting. It was. It was. I think it was her first presenting she job. Matt, with Matt Brown or no? 
no, no. Remember who it was? No, no, no. no. This, this was on her own. Yeah, yeah. So this okay. Pepsi chart show. And, um, uh, and I had been so excited. I'd got this new job. And, and, um, and suddenly there was this really amazing presenter. And it was her, her first presenting gig as well. And I was my sort of first producer-director gig. And uh, and everyone would talk about Carolyn and how much mm. we would get on. And I remember meeting her, and I remember actually hearing beforehand that she used to dance for Top of the Pops, which I thought was the coolest oh, thing yeah, in the entire sure. world. And um, and we met and just instantly, instantly clicked, and I absolutely adored her. And um, and and we sort of went kind of gallivanting around London, filming these um, uh, links essentially for this. Um, TV show and she was doing the the version actually bizarrely for Finland we had we had a Norwegian uh, presenter so we would sort of go around with two presenters Alfie from Oslo and uh, who'd won like Pop Idol in Norway and uh, and then Caroline who was doing bizarrely the Finnish version in English it was quite strange anyway but um so we had a lot of fun doing that and we were kids really we didn't you know it was early days we were kind of learning on the yeah, job special times those are very much so. and uh, anyway and then we one of our first big like international we're gonna go away uh, to record um some links we, we were sent to ibiza and we, uh-oh. Uh-oh. yeah <laughs> we, we'd both never been to ibiza before so this was very exciting and very special and uh and we sort of tentatively kind of checked each other out and we're like you know maybe we could go away for a few days beforehand and go over you know get our flights slightly earlier so we could actually go and 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 sort of check out some clubs and go and have fun and stuff over there um so we ended up doing that. Um, you know, we, we were relatively very, very new friends, but we ended up sort of flying over there together and meeting up with a couple of other friends, mutual friends over there, and, uh, and, uh, and sort of hanging out and going to some clubs and parties and things and just discovering the islands. But one of my favourite things is that when Caroline turned up, she realised she'd forgotten to pack any bras. <laughs> So she turned up, and bear in mind, this is my presenter. And, you know, we were only kids, really, and I remember we'd, we sort of ended up sharing a bed, and then she ended up having to share share my bras the whole week because um, she didn't have any bras with her, which was quite hilarious. There's your bonding experience right there. Absolutely. And then I just remember us going to Pasha for the first time. We both had never been to Pasha. You know, we hadn't been to a club in Ibiza before, and it was so exciting. And I remember but the, the, the most exciting thing for her that night was we... Um, uh, or she spotted it was a terrible um, American uh, series called Sunset Beach, and there was an actor, a guy called Clive, who played the the twins in the show, mm. and there was a big storyline at the time where I think he'd played like an evil twin, and she was absolutely obsessed with it. And we ended up meeting him and having drinks with him, which was very funny. Of course, she did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, we just oh, anyway, we just had the most fun, and you know, Caroline always was the best person to be on a night out with the most fun you always knew you were going to have an exceptionally um uh fun exciting evening you know kind of never knew where the the night would take you and uh and we yeah we just had a lot of fun really and we remember we just had this moment on the dance floor where we both sort of looked at each other and we kept on sort of saying we're literally having the most fun we've ever had and we kind of always used to say, remember this moment. And that became a real kind of tagline for us. Of just always remember and appreciate sort of how much fun you're having. Um, but yeah, so that was my sort of first first trip away with Caroline. And obviously since then, you know, we ended up gallivanting all around various festivals and parties all around the world and had a lot of, a lot of fun together. Um, but yeah. I remember her, um, 
the first time I met her, even though I knew of her, because we, we signed for the same agency, and for the best part of her career, she was with the same agent as me. And, um, and it was just post 9-11. I remember our agent, John Noel, has this, used to have these summer parties. And he went ahead with it a couple of weeks after. It was like, you know, postponed it. And, and it was, I think it was supposed to be around that time. So it was like an autumn, autumnal party. And me and her just took up that night and just chatted all night. And, and, and obviously it was, a, it, was in, it was an interesting party because it had a very different vibe to it because, you know, 9-11 had just happened. Um, but John wanted to carry on and for people to get together. Because I remember London at the time was almost in shock. Um, you know, for a good while after. But John wanted everyone to get together. It wasn't like a party in a classic sense of the word. It was just more of a gathering. And I remember just having a whole night with her that night and really enjoying her company. And then... She was like a little sister to you, really, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the job, the sort of hosting, presenting job, so weird for that because you spend an intense amount of time with people and then you don't see them again for a while. And especially with other presenters because, you know, you'd keep in touch with them, but you'd really be working on the same show together, which is why working on, on The X Factor when she was on The X Factor was so uh, so rewarding and fulfilling for me because I, I really, in, in terms of her, because I really enjoyed the time mm. I spent with her because, you know, you're very, you're very intense relationships on mm. those shows. It was lovely for me around that time as well because actually because she was doing that show with you, it meant that I got to hang out with her yeah. every weekend, which yeah. was so nice. Yeah. Um, I think people always think it's interesting because I think people always... Um, look at Caroline professionally and look at Strictly and who she was obviously incredible on and um, Love Island but Love Island didn't stretch Caroline she could have done it in the sleep but where she was she she was an, she was underestimated as a live presenter she was an excellent live presenter mm-hmm. like technically oh absolutely um, yeah and uh, she, technically she was brilliant live and she was also she was funny man she was so funny <laughs> like she was a funny she had funny bones mm-hmm. So, no one, you know, no one made me laugh the way she used yeah. to make me laugh. When she used to do that show, especially the year yeah. she did it with Ollie, it really, you know, it, oh, yeah, it she, she announced our um engagement, she did, didn't she? On Extra Factor yeah. as well. So, we would always go, you know, have that wonderful moment because judges' houses, you never really, you're not exactly stretched as a, as a presenter, so you always get it's quite the schedule's quite baggy, so you always used to have like a day. Mm. off before and a day off afterwards or something so you, you went to some lovely places and one year we were me her and ollie were away and uh and the, the chat roulette phenomenon happened which is the idea is if you're single <laughs> you just press a button on the internet on your computer and the, on the internet, and you end up just essentially facetiming with anyone in the world you don't know who they are mm. and um let's just clarify you weren't single at that time <laughs> 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 but the three of us decided after <laughs> After an evening, a few evenings, just for it to be our thing. So we used to go to hotel rooms, and then Caroline being Caroline, we just sort of would sit on a hotel bed, um, <laughs> you know, in her kind of classic, kind of, you know, cut off jeans or miniskirt or something, and, and just a, you know, a little cami top or something. And then, and so obviously, these guys all around the world would just see, see her and say, Oh my God, this is hot girl on the bed. And then it was almost like, like a girl hitchhiking and suddenly a boyfriend appears out of the bushes. Me and Ollie would suddenly come from nowhere and start waving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And every now and again, you've got guys going, why is Ollie Merzen to O'Leary just a bit? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, you know, we, we loved the daily and she sorely missed and yeah. wish her a very happy birthday. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Caroline. We miss you so much.
Hi, me again. Sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, by the way. I just felt it important to flag up that we've stripped all the advertising from this podcast. We didn't feel that it was right that anyone benefited financially from downloads. And instead, we want to talk about the great work of the Samaritans. I'm sure, like me, you're in awe of what they do because they are incredible people. Um, It's completely natural that in these uncertain and challenging times, our mental health and well-being can be affected. Whatever you're facing, though, Samaritans are here to listen. There's no judgment. There's no pressure. You can get in touch about anything that's troubling you, no matter how large or indeed small the issue feels. Maybe your problems have built up over time. Perhaps you've hit an unexpected crisis. Or maybe you just can't quite pinpoint what's wrong. Please don't wait until it all feels too much. Call Samaritans free, day or night, 365 days a year, on 116-123. That's 116-123. Thank you. Hey, Zoe Hardman here, TV and radio broadcaster. I knew Flacky my entire career. I remember meeting her for the first time when I was about 22 years old and it was my first ever audition. And I'd gone into the room and hadn't done a particularly good job. And then as I came out of the room and I was feeling really like upset about it, I heard this kind of booming laugh, you know, the flacky laugh. I walked around the corner and there she was, just this like bundle of energy and joy with this humongous smile on her face. And... um she said, um, you're Zoe, aren't you? We've got the same agent. And of course I knew who she was. And she flung her arms around me and gave me a massive hug and said, you know, I'm here for you. And if you want to hang out and get a coffee. And I was like, wow. In a world where she could have been really competitive, this really wonderful, um, slightly small, <laughs> tiny, tiny feet with a beautiful big um, laugh. This amazing person put her arms around me and made me feel so welcome. And um, and that is really where our friendship started from, actually. Um, we were in each other's lives for the next 15 years. Um, so many amazing memories along the way of things that we did and parties that we went to and just hanging out at home. Um, but the one that really stood in my mind was something that happened last summer when I was in Ibiza with my husband and a couple of mates and Flacky had just finished filming Love Island and she was WhatsApping me saying, where are you? And I was like, I'm in Ibiza, you need to come over. So she got on a flight, came over with Jamie, um, one of her best mates, and we went to DC10. DC10, my most favourite club in the entire world. Um, And obviously she'd just finished filming Love Island, so she was everywhere. And I think there was always a sense with her that you know, she was worried that somebody was going to see her or that, you know, I don't know. I just, I think she was worried sometimes that she was going to get a lot of attention and actually genuinely, genuinely everywhere we did go, she would get a lot of attention. But I think in that moment, which is why it was such a special memory for me, because um, the whole place is full of Italians and German who Germans who don't watch Love Island. Nobody really knew who she was. And we had this incredible moment where we were all at the front of the dance floor, top left. And we had like a little circle going on and she was in the middle of it and we were like protecting her from the world. And I remember just looking at her thinking how incredibly special she was. Um, 
and how beautiful she was and how amazing she was and how every single person that she looks at just lit up and that is exactly what she did and the dancing and the lasers and the music and I remember us hugging on the dance floor and I remember thinking I finally saw who she was again and you know what she'd had some pretty um amazing highs and pretty big lows over that year and to actually have that magical couple of days with her in Ibiza where you know nobody was worried about being photographed or you know being recognized it was just about dancing and friendship and love and that was what Carrie was all about um it's been really hard to send this voice note in actually because I I didn't want to say too much about the special time that we had together, but I felt like it was a really important memory in my life because I, I will always hang on to that moment where we danced and we watched the sun come up back at a friend's villa. And yeah, I miss her. I didn't know Caroline for as long as I would have liked, but I always liked her. And she always struck me as someone who was so perfect at so many things. And then there were things that she was not perfect at, at all. And that must have been so frustrating. Like an elite airline pilot who suddenly instructed to play the piano. But she was great crack and she'd give it a go. And she ended up being a really loyal friend of Dawn's. And I remember when... It was Dawn's 40th birthday, which we held in beautiful Margate. Caroline was filming something down in Waterloo or wherever and didn't look like she was going to be able to make it. It's a bit of a trek, but I kept in touch with her during the day because, you know. And at around eight or nine, I sent her a text saying, listen, would it help at all if I tried to arrange a cab for when you're finished? And she texted back and said, shut up, you idiot. I'm pulling up outside. Because she always showed up. And we're going to miss that forever. So happy birthday, Caroline. Hi, it's Dawn again. I have a little story from Christine, Caroline's mum. So these are Christine's words. Just a couple of weeks before Carrie died, Dodie and I helped her move. She created a WhatsApp group for the three of us called Moving, Packing, Eating to coordinate our tasks. Carrie's only job was to get the packing boxes. She ordered them online and when they arrived, they were no bigger than shoe boxes. We laughed so much all day. She was in such a good place that day. I love that story because I can just hear the three of them cackling away. Makes me so happy. It actually reminded me of a story that I read out at Caroline's funeral about a suitcase, which I know might not sound very funny, but generally when Caroline was around, everything was funny. Um, she'd come to stay with me in LA and as she was leaving for the airport I saw her out as she pulled her suitcase down six steps towards her taxi we were in deep conversation not concentrating but looking back she did seem to be struggling just as she was about to get in the taxi I realised that the suitcase was almost as tall as she was it wasn't hers, it was mine twice if not three times the size of hers the handle literally came up to her nose how had she got that far with it? When we realised, we hit a level of laughter that was impossible to bear. We collapsed onto the steps and we screamed as our eyes watered. Eventually, possibly even on all fours, she got into her cab. As she drove away, I'll never forget her head poking out the taxi window, looking back at me. That raspy cackle fading away down Fairfax Avenue. Two minutes later, a text came in. 
That was the funniest thing that's ever happened. I agreed that it was. The suitcase became a symbol of our friendship. We'd often text each other pictures of random suitcases, occasionally even leaving an image of one on our Facebook pages. Friends would say, what's with the suitcase? And I rarely tried to explain. But every time Caroline so much as said the word suitcase, I'd be reduced back to that laughing heap, no matter what kind of day I was having. Those moments are the ones I'm going to miss the most. Those silly, small moments that with anyone else you might miss. But with Caroline, they turned into one of the funniest moments of your life. I'm Molly, and uh, I'm one of Caroline's better mates, one of her many. Hi, I'm Liam, another one of Caroline's friends. And I'm Simon, also one of Caroline's friends. Look at them trying to be comfortable. This is cringe. We're going to tell some stories because uh, Pinky's put together this gorgeous idea for a podcast, um, which is such a nice idea. So we can celebrate Caroline's birthday instead of us all sitting in different places all over the world, being miserable on Monday. Yep. On Monday. So yep. instead of us being Miz, let's tell gorgeous stories about Caroline and remember why we loved her so much. Um, so I'm going to tell you two stories. Both, both are... Uh, breakup heartbreak stories. Um, the first one is, um, I won't say who it was, but she, I was filming in Thailand, busted in Bangkok, and um, <laughs> she was threatening every day, I'm going to come. And I was like, you can't come, I'm filming. Like, I'm literally filming with the police. I, I'll have no time to see you. She's like, uh, classic, I'm coming, I'm coming. And you know when you, she said she's coming, you're like, she's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's booked a flight, she's not coming. She's booked a flight, she's not coming. Anyway. I'm on the plane, but I'm not coming. I'm on the plane, but she still never turned up. Like, where did yeah. she go? No one knows where she is. <laughs> you weren't here for a month. Yeah. So um, she, she booked a flight and she came and I booked off like 10 days off work. And she booked this. So loads of just ridiculous stuff happened. She arrived, she booked this hotel and she said... I don't want anyone to know where I am. I don't want anyone posting pictures. Don't tell anyone. And it was fine. So I was like, no problem. I'm going to come and meet you. So I went to meet her at a hotel. We sunbathed all day. Um, we got a little bit drunk. She went to get her book. As if she was going to read her book. She went to yeah. get her book. She was gone for an hour. And, I, and she, her phone was with me. I couldn't get hold of her. I was freaking out. And if she comes back, she's really pink in the face. I was like, what have you been doing? She's like... You know how I said I didn't want anyone to know that I'm here? I was like, yeah. She's like, Dan Watton's in the fucking lobby. No way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. It was like, I, I, I remember the emergency WhatsApp, actually, but I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. You know what you just like? Of all the people that she just didn't want to know all, where she was. All the journos in all the land. <laughs> but then anyway, obviously we were, you know, trying to lay low. So what the classic thing that you do when you're getting over a guy and you're trying to lay low is you go out in Bangkok, yeah. absolutely dressed like slags. Yeah, and you, go, <laughs> and you go down the strip, whatever it's called. What's that? Soy cowboy, where it's absolutely just oh, Coast Road. Coast, yeah, Road. Bar after bar after bar, of, like titty bars, full of men. Of course, knew who she was. Anyway, we're going in all these bars. We get to like the third place, and she's like, "I'm just gonna get up on stage." And I was like, "You can't do that. You don't have a number. Like, you don't have a number stuck to you." She's like, "I don't care. I'm getting up there." Anyway, she gets up there. She la I'm not even joking. She was really good. She danced on that stage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course she was. It's For terrible. a full song. They let her have a full song. They didn't even tell her to get down. Everybody was screaming. <laughs> it was amazing. 
And then she literally tried to do a backflip off the stage. And, and when I say 20 men went like this with the hamster catcher, it was <laughs> amazing. So basically, yeah. So that's, our, that's my Caroline's stupid, hilarious story. I, honestly, I don't think we slept for like the rest of the two weeks. And she had a black, like she had like a mini black eye because she smashed her face. Gorgeous. So I've just thought of my two stories and they're the tamest ones and most appropriate ones that I can talk about. But the first one is very special to me. So when I met Caroline, when I'd met her about 2012, and, but it was more like a social party, knowing each other thing. And in about 2015, we met at a party. She went, I, I know you. You work with the children, don't you? I went, yeah, yeah. I went, yeah. I'm a psychologist, by the way. And <laughs> not a freak. And she went, so what are you doing now? And but I actually work with dementia patients. And she went, oh, oh my God, like how young are the children when they get dementia? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, was, I was like, I am sober and something has gone horribly wrong with your brain. This is, I've, 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 I've moved jobs. I've moved yeah. jobs. And from that moment on, she was like, we're going to be friends. Oh so, my god, that is so funny! <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine her brain going. Tick, tick, yeah, she's like, so, so are the, but like when I was like, she, no, 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 no. She would have set up the foundation as well. It would have been like <laughs> tweeting <laughs> way, just being save, save the dementia children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and secondly, we had a gorgeous holiday last year to France. Uh, it was in a big villa, and she wanted to lay low. It's like just. Family vibes, really. And the first night I thought, I'll cook, I'll do something, like, you know, welcome the family. It was like the most simplest dish. I roasted some potatoes, dipped some green veg, and and roasted a whole fish. That sounds fancy. It it, it took me about 45 minutes to do. Served it. The look on her face as if she'd never eaten before. It was like Oliver Twist. And she was like, you made... This I was like. Imagine her doing that. I, yeah. I was like, people can cook, Caroline. You just don't know about it. I was like, I bet like, she was like, Liam, Liam. She was like, this is the best food I've ever had. I'm like, with the little tiny true. hands. I'm like, that's not true. But she's like, this is amazing, and Aww. that is they're the two memories that make me happy. Or you'd get like a WhatsApp on a Sunday. Should I, should I make a roast? Should I make a roast today? Should I make a roast? Or, we never went for a roast. Never went for a roast. Or, or should we make a reservation? Yeah. <laughs> never, never, got to eat that, never got to eat that roast that Caroline or, that she was cooking. Or should we not die salmonella? Yeah, How about yeah, that? Yeah. How about that? I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, like, I, I, there's so many stories, but I think there's the, like, it's just the little car- like, caricatures that she... The um, people don't know. That she, like, would... I, I loved how self-righteous she would get some, oh, you yeah. know. As we all know, we would love uh, a Malbec with her until Caroline wasn't drinking. And when Caroline wasn't drinking, like the time we went to Farmhouse, we, oh dared, we dared go to the bar Damn. to have Damn. a drink. Damn. You guys are, you guys are crazy. You're wild. It's you three are. o'clock in the morning and in I'm the... trying to sleep. <laughs> in a bunk get bed. to bed, go away to bed. You were sleeping in a kid's bunk bed. And we were up having the time yeah. of our lives while she slept. 
I think Ruby's really distressed with you guys being up at three in the morning. Something's wrong with Ruby now. Darling, darling, <laughs> she, she wasn't born right and we're doing the best we can. So here's a little story from Chris, Flacky's mum, and she asked us to read it out. She was remembering that the Christmas before last, Carrie was hosting Boxing Day for all the family, but she had left it too late to buy a tree. Typically disorganised, so it meant that her and her mum had to go out very late on Christmas Eve and they eventually found one in the street in Islington that had been thrown out from a store. They bundled it into the back of Chris's car, laughing so much as all the pine needles were falling off. They got it home, they decorated it, nobody even noticed. And the only food that Flacky had to serve were sausage rolls that she'd watched her mate, the professional chef, Kizzy Erskine, cook. Typical Flacky. Not exactly the domestic goddess, but what she lacked in culinary skills, she more than made up for with that infectious sense of fun. I don't know if anyone's mentioned this yet, but Caroline can't cook. Uh, It's kind of ironic that we are... We're such good friends because she was just hopeless in the kitchen. I mean, the amount of times I used to go around there um, and make her like bolognese, or and she'd be like, "Right, I'm gonna learn how to do this," and then just like get a glass of wine and plug herself in front of the telly. I'm like, "All right, I'll be doing this then." Um, no, she she was really not remotely interested, and then lo and behold, she gets asked to do uh, Bake Off, Celebrity Bake Off for Comic Relief yeah that was fun so um first of all trying to get her to understand the fact that you you know this is going to take a bit of time you know she kept scheduling me in for like 20 minute intervals I'm like darling that's not how long it takes to bake like we can you can go off and do something for 20 minutes while something's baking but you're not going to get this thing start to finish in 20 minutes so I mean that was like one of our first hurdles then she ended up popping you know, so I'd be in my kitchen on FaceTime. She'd be in hers because we couldn't find a time to meet. And she, I was like, right, have you got a whisk? And she'd just, like, disappear off. And she was tiny. So you'd see her, like, bouncing off. She'd come back. She's like, what about this? And she's, like, torn everything out of her drawers. And to be honest with you, there was literally nothing in any of her drawers. I don't know what she was doing. Um, And she'd pop up with, like, one of those, like, um, metal scrubbers like, that run on a stem for your dishes, thinking it was a risk. Um, anyway, it was really bad. But she did actually do a good job in that first trial. I had to try and teach her how to make biscuits. I mean, I still think that the biscuit uh, it was a version of it herself. It was like the self-portrait <laughs> biscuit cake was like, it was a piece of fucking artwork it was fantastic um but yeah it was also hilarious oh i miss her so much happy birthday flacky i love you now let's hear from tv producer danny bell right um i've been trying to think of a story about caroline that is pg certificate um because because most of them are not um I think I've got one. So um, when we were working together on the first series of Love Island, um, we were just sort of hanging out together all the time after filming in the hotel. So most evenings, it was just me and Caroline having a few drinks, gossiping, chatting nonsense. 
Um, and one day we were there, we had an idea for a TV show together when we were just sort of chatting shit. But then actually we both looked at each other and we're like, hmm, there's probably something in this. And um, we both went and touted it around in TV land after this. No one was interested in it because they're divs. And this would have been a really good show. And the show was called, would have been hosted by Caroline. The show was called Cougar Mountain. And the idea was, got Caroline, bottom of a mountain, a load of lads who are sort of like sexy, young, bit thick, Love Island types, um, who I'm sure Caroline would have been very involved in the casting of, um, one of her areas of expertise. Bunch of these lads, and they've got to make it up the, to the top of the mountain. The one who gets to the top of the mountain wins. But the mountain is riddled with cougars. So like sexy old ladies hanging out in the bushes and in the trees and ready to pounce on these lads and set them challenges and all that sort of stuff. And Caroline would have been there sort of um, hosting it all the way through. Um, and we sort of like talked about it quite a lot over the next couple of years after Love Island um, to the point where I actually paid a graphic designer to knock up a poster for Caroline Flax Cougar Island. And if these are being edited, this is where hopefully you can you can see the poster now. Um, yeah, and that is, that's just one of my many, many, many Caroline memories. Um, happy birthday, Caroline. Um, absolutely seething at you that you're not here to be having a terrible lockdown birthday. Um, but you'll be glad to know it's illegal to socialize or touch people. Um, two things you're an expert in. Um, happy birthday, Caroline. Uh, next story. Next story. Hi, I'm Josie Norton. And Caroline and I first met about 14 years ago at a pub in Camden called the Holy Arms. Um, I was a barmaid um, and her brother's friend D-Day ran the pub. So, so she was always in there and we just instantly fell in love straight away and she was working her way up in telly she was such a grafter and always so proud of that um but it meant that she wasn't working normal hours like everybody else so she'd often be in there during the day and we'd she'd just sit next to me while I was polishing the cutlery or cutting limes and we'd be completely putting the world to rights and she always from the second she walked in the door she just I was in awe of how she completely and utterly lit up the room um we just spent the subsequent years dancing around London going to gigs going to festivals going on holidays really being there for each other through the good and the bad and there were such highs and and also such lows um but I, I was trying to think of my standout Caroline story but it's just too hard because there are too many um and some of them maybe the best ones aren't for public benefit um but Carrie was just so unequivocally herself I learned so so much of who I am is because of her um and I just thought I'll maybe the one story I've just got kind of my most cherished memories uh, will be always FaceTiming after a night out talking about everything that had happened. We often would end up FaceTiming each other and both of us would have a towel wrapped around our hair after having a shower and I we always thought that was really funny. Um, or sending, sending selfies of ourselves in bed woken up. Um, uh, gosh, uh, it's so... It's, 
so difficult. Um, I would always go around to Carrie's to watch a movie. We'd have red wine, maybe play Scrabble. She'd always cook spaghetti bolognese. She wasn't best known for cooking, but she was really good at cooking spaghetti bolognese. And she always had a secret ingredient, which I still, to this day, have never found out. Um, we, we both weren't always the best at breakups and just she was always always there for me and we so often would be crying together about boys um for a while she very kindly let me dj with her and we were called the ukuleles um which we thought was so funny carrie could also play the ukulele something that not a lot of people know she's so talented at music as we would all um later later find out and she did strictly um after once saying um writing in whatsapp that we had the time of our lives i think we were at we were I can't remember what festival we were at but it the spell check went wrong and it said time of our gloves so literally all the time we used to always say we were having the time of our gloves um when Carrie learned to drive she called me and she she was like I've passed my test but she was terrified in the car and she was parked in this road in Camden so I I ended up getting on a bus and going and meeting her and then we we drove around with music on singing and that's something we would do always is drive around in her various different cars that she had and just be singing at the top of our lungs um music is music and joy and fun is just how I will always remember Carrie and especially today on your birthday happy birthday Carrie I love you forever Hey, my name's Jessica Bendeen and I first met Caroline back in 2006 when she became a presenter on TMI. Um, My boyfriend at the time was the exec producer and I actually remember us watching her showreel and screen test and just being like, you have to go, you have to pick her. She was the most natural presenter and just such a brilliant presenter um she didn't mind getting gungy and dirty and messy and I think that was um a real kind of testament to her I think she just always had this playful joyful crazy sense of adventure and that's what I always think of when I think of Caroline um we traveled to some pretty amazing places together um, all over the world. We had lots of Christmas and holidays and New Year's Eves together. Um, We went to Mexico, India, Thailand, Ibiza. We had a summer in Ibiza. Um, And I also flew out to Australia, um, I think in 2009, after she'd done um, a series of I'm a Celebrity, um, which was pretty brilliant. And we then spent, um, Christmas and New Year's in Sydney together. Um, which was also where she got her first tattoo. So I was there with her squeezing her hand, probably tighter than she was squeezing mine. And she got two, um, little hearts, which were for her and Joe. And, um, I also, because she was always traveling all over, managed to look after Waffle quite a few times, which was really lovely. Um, So Waffle, um, (laughs) one of her many animals, um, Waffle and I hung out quite a bit. Um, 
something else I always remember as well was her book launch. So her, um, I just remember it was at the library and I just remember like just arriving and giving her a big hug and she burst into tears, but sort of in a good way because I think she was just surrounded by her friends and her family. And I think it just felt like quite a different achievement to her. I mean, you know, obviously it was completely different to winning Strictly, but I think it was, yeah, I think it just felt like a really touching moment that I really remember a lot. Um, I also got a little mention in the book, which is so sweet. And I do, I do go back to that quite a bit. Um, I also, um, I think with Caroline, what I just really remember was, although she was living like the lifestyle that she was living, she was without a doubt one of the most sort of down to earth herself people. I think she couldn't help but be herself. And, um, you know, she still wanted to go and have a Sunday roast and, um, drink lots of red wine and, you know, go and sing songs with a guitar on the heath and, you know, all of those things. And that's just how I really remember her, like just always being up for the next fun thing. So happy birthday, my darling. I am now raising a large mug of green tea to you <laughs> um, and sending lots of love. Happy birthday. I think the word memories is still a tough one for me at the moment. Um, my name's Sarah Tykiff uh, and I met Carrie almost 20 years ago. We were on a TV show called The Games. Uh, she and Justin Lee Collins were presenting the spin-off show on E4 called Trackside. And all Carrie and I had to do was watch the main show, which was celebrities competing in various athletic competitions each night. And then she would run down Trackside and ask them questions. So rehearsals were spent in a Winnebago where Carrie would straighten Justin Lee Collins's hair and do his eyeliner for him. Uh, and the show was the two of us scribbling down questions on a cue card and off she'd go. Uh, I'd like to think we both got slightly more professional in our job since then, but it was where our sort of friendship began. Um, she became one of my best friends uh, over the years. Uh, and it was strange because we had two relationships, really, one at work and one out of work. At work, I was the boss, and she had to do, as I said, yet in our personal life, she was definitely the boss. She would be the one spearheading nights out, breakfast, lunches, whatever it was, and she loved to have fun. She was the life and soul of a party, um, but in her own way, where she was just naturally centre stage without even trying. She just had this energy that drew people in wherever she went. We spent much of our younger days in Camden, out in East London, traipsing from one venue to another, going to see indie bands where Carrie was, in hindsight, I think probably always on the quest for her perfect man. Nights out were great. There was always a story. Uh, there was always lots of laughing. And there was a lot of singing. If there was music, there was Carrie. And she embodied it. One of my fondest memories was when we were in Australia together. Opposite where we were staying, there was a small bar. And there was music blaring out of the windows. So we were in, in position on stage where a small band booked for the night to keep the drinks flowing. Carrie always loved being away from the UK because she could just be her, less recognised, just a girl out with a mate having a good time. However, that doesn't mean she didn't want to be centre of attention. So we sat and watched this band playing, and Carrie somehow knowing the words to every song they played. When they had a break, the vocalist came down and started chatting to her, which was not an uncommon occurrence whenever we were out. He started to ask her a bit about herself, and before I knew it, we were knee-deep in a make-believe world. She introduced herself as Jodie, who was her sister, uh, 
She was now an up-and-coming singer-songwriter. I was her manager and we were here for a few weeks to write some tracks. Just for a bit, Carrie wanted to be someone else, someone no one knew, and dream like we all do. However, she was so convincing that the guy offered for her to take the mic and see if she wanted to practice singing live in a venue. I was thinking, oh my goodness, he has no idea. Hell is going to break loose. So the guy didn't know that Carrie can sing. My God, she could sing. So up she trotted to the mic, laughing her little head off with her gorgeous legs and a size three feet. And suddenly she was belting out, what's up, by four non-blondes. The whole place went quiet as this tiny little pocket rocket had taken over the mic. Jodie, the singer-songwriter. For the rest of the night, I promise to God, the guy did not get back up on stage. He just sat with me as Carrie saw the night out, song after song after song, with his band. Um, We've had so many nights out, going to gigs, Glastonbury, singing your hearts out with Stevie Wonder. But that moment in Australia was just us uh, and Carrie wanting to be whoever she wanted to be that night. Um, I remember it really fondly. Um, As always, whatever she did, she was amazing. She was amazing that night and she was always amazing. She was an amazing dancer. She was an amazing singer, performer, presenter, and she was an amazing friend. Um, And there are so many memories. There are so many thoughts, but... I just wanted to say happy birthday, my darling girl. I miss you lots and um, I wish we were not doing this. Hello, uh, I'm Laura Jackson and I've known Caroline for a very long time. I actually used to nanny her twin sister Jodie's three children, which was um, brilliant and I loved. Um, I've got so many funny Caroline stories. We... Um, I've kind of done lots of traveling together, done lots of holidays together, but it was mainly her cooking or food that used to really make me laugh. Um, There was once the time that she was um, going to cook and uh, cooking was her new thing and she was sick of not being able to cook when everyone came over for dinner and because we always used to get takeaways uh, so she was like right I'm gonna start cooking so she went on eBay and decided that you know cooks must have all the utensils and stuff and um, she did this on her own decided that she was gonna buy lots of different pots and pans and things and um, when they uh, all turned up to her house they were for a doll's house they were absolutely tiny I'm not sure why she didn't realize that when she was buying them all they were like between 99p to four pound I think she just thought that's how much pots and pans cost because she had no idea because she never cooked um but I remember going around to her house and just being in fits of laughter and she was like I can't cook like this can I I can't cook with these um so she she tried um she tried and then I think she just gave up for it for a little bit um and then there was her vegan month that really made me laugh and um she tried to tell herself and everyone else that would listen that vegan bacon was happening and we we should all be eating vegan bacon because vegan bacon is it's going to be a thing um and then there was the the conversation that i think turned into it turned into a bit of a heated argument because she was insistent that plants have feelings too and we should all be vegan um suffice to say i think caroline lasted about two and a half three days of her vegan month um so yeah and then uh she never did mention vegan bacon ever again um and we all saw her amazing um cake biscuit uh thing on bake-off so um 
as much as I'd love to tell everyone that she was an amazing cook. She did really try, um, but she was brilliant at everything else. Um, maybe just cooking wasn't her forte. Um, hello, this is Olivia Lee here. Um, God, I, I knew Flacky from way back. We did our first ever telly job together. A, a channel called Nation Two One Seven, where we uh, we it's such a mad story, um, but I have to share this one because this is how we connected. We both were just presenters on this TV channel, and we got chatting on the first day there. And uh, you know, as girls do, she was like, "Are you dating anyone?" I said, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm kind of on and off with my ex." He's a bit of a nightmare. And I said, what about you? She said, well, yeah, I'm dating um, a musician. Uh, he's a bit of a nightmare. And we just had this moment where we just looked at each other and just knew in that moment that we were dating the same guy. <laughs> and we both just said his name out loud. Uh, I can say it. His name was Stefan. We both just went, Stefan. And yeah, we were dating the same guy. Isn't that mad? And, um, God, we laughed. We got a bit cross and we both sent him quite an angry text and stopped seeing him. But from that moment on, we just, just fell in love with each other. And, um, yeah, mad. That's never happened since. How random is that? We were dating the same guy. And in fact, I, I just been at his house and there were, oh, this is how long ago, there were a pair of white stilettos by his front door. And I was like, whose shoes are they? And they were tiny, tiny, because Bucky had tiny little feet. And um, I said, whose shoes are they? And he was like, oh, my sister's. And then after we found out we'd been dating the same guy, I said to her, hang on, were they your white shoes at his door? And she went, yeah. So we'd been very close. And yeah. That's just one of the many, many stories. And that was, blimey, we were like, I think we were about 22 at the time. And we stayed in touch. Um, yeah. And I miss her. And I'm thinking about her lots today. Um, yeah. Love you, Flacky. Happy birthday, darling. Next up, let's hear from Leanna Bird, another great friend of Caroline's. And one of the founders of the charity that Caroline loves so much, Choose Love. Wow, it's so hard to pick just one funny story with Carrie because over the many, many years we were friends with her, there was just so many wonderful times. And as anyone who knew Carrie knows very well, she laughed at everything and she had the best laugh in the entire world. So there were so many moments where something a little bit silly or a little bit funny would happen and with anyone else, it might have just been just a little bit of a silly moment. But because Carrie laughed so much and she had that incredible laugh, it would just set you off as well. And um, it would just become a thing. So I was trying to think back through all the nights out. I was trying to think back at when we went to Bon Jovi and we were crying because of always. Well, I was crying and then she was crying laughing. And then our friend Josie was crying um, and we were all just crying at Bon Jovi and it was brilliant. Um, or when we went to see um, our friend Louisa, who's an amazing comedian, do what would what would Beyonce do? Um, and we were just dancing in the crowds or like many karaoke nights. But I think um, the memory I want to share the most is 
Carrie and I used to always dream up about how we should do a TV show together. We had the same agent for a while and we also used to talk about how we needed to work on a show and we would be like having some wine and just talking about what TV show we should present together. And <laughs> one night we came up with an idea and we thought it was genius. Possibly something to do with the amount of wine we'd been drinking on the night. Who knows? But um, we were talking and one of us said to the other, we were just chatting about something. One of us, one of us said, who knew? As you do sometimes in conversations, you'd be like, wow, this happened. Who knew? And we then decided that there ought to be a puppy and the puppy would be called Hugh. And whenever anyone said, who knew? We'd say, Hugh knew. And this puppy would come up. And that was basically the entire concept of our TV show was, who knew? Hugh knew, the puppy. And yeah, we laughed for so long and we thought it was the funniest idea. And whenever we were out any time after that and someone would say, who knew? We'd look at each other with a knowing little look and say, Hugh knew, and then just start laughing and literally no one knew what we were talking about. And we could never really explain it to anyone because everyone would they just look at us and be like, that's a really bad idea. And uh, it's really not that funny either, guys. Um, but we found it funny. And I think that was the thing about Carrie is she found these little moments and um, just these little quirky things so hilarious. And she laughed so hard that you couldn't help but find them brilliant too and find them hilarious too. So yeah, that was um, the memory I wanted to share of Carrie and um, missing her very much indeed. Here are a few more thoughts from Lou Teasdale. Yeah, and when you talk about like, you know, meeting women in the industry and how, you know, she would just make best friends with you. So I could see her doing it and like, she was so good at it and actually like, I think I really carry that with me because yeah. it makes me really confident to be like that, which I've just totally learned from her and, and, you know, to be really confident and welcoming with other women. So they know that you're not a threat and yeah. that you, you have their interests in yeah. this and maybe give you a little bit of like gossip. So you feel super comfortable and you don't feel like there's any sort of level of, you know, who's who. And she yeah. was so good at it. She just had it nailed and yeah you you could just meet her and then like that spend the whole weekend with her and be best friends and friends for life she's very good at, at keeping in touch as well with every, everybody it didn't matter who it was and um, she she was really good at that and it just kind of you so know when when you said how she was with you I do think like I really like reevaluated my whole self to to be more like that because I, like it was my it was really it was really unique to see like a, a lot of people aren't as open as that and it's such a shame do we finish on a really really quick one special thing we loved about caroline yeah go <laughs> oh god um that she was the most forgiving human being on the planet of the earth so many a time did i say something that i shouldn't have said or um you know, I, I will have pissed her off with some advice that she didn't like, but she did always come to me because I was like a bit of a, just do it this way. Yeah. It's always yeah. the right answer. And, so um, she, but she didn't want it. She didn't want yeah. it. Um, but if I was on her side, then she wanted it. But yeah, yeah. So I think she's just the most forgiving person I've ever met in my life, um, which is her, the best quality ever. But she had, she has like this trait where she does this little like that. And I just, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It, it's so beautiful. That face, well, that face you do. Oh yeah, but, her little traits, gorgeous traits. Yeah. I'm gonna go on for maybe two, but 
the mannerisms you're talking about, I miss endlessly. To if ever I was down and usually it was me picking her up, she would she would almost hit me into submission of you're the best person in the world, you're gonna do exactly what you want, that's what you're gonna do. And so I carry that forward with me now. But also I've just never laughed so much with her in my life and she was wonderful. Um, for me, I think she, it was a blessing and a curse and almost like, <laughs> it was quite um, divisive at times, is where she would <laughs> single you out sometimes with being like, oh my God, Simon, you are the funniest person yeah. in the whole world. Yeah. But you know, she'd do it to us all, but in a WhatsApp group. And then sometimes she'd be like, Caroline, what, what about me in this WhatsApp group? You're, you're ignoring me in this WhatsApp group. But she had, you know, yeah, she, she... She always bigged, she bigged her friends up. She really did. And she, you know, she could, she could hate us one day and love us the next with everyone, the yeah, yeah. whole she always make us feel special. Oh. And my final, my final note is uh, the family she's given us with Joe and her nieces and nephews. And all of you guys, you know. And, and wait, and, and us guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, think we've, I think everyone's really bonded, you know. Yeah. Her friends have really... We found good in the darkness. Really, really lucky because I've definitely made friends for life through her, and that's you know she's the glue that binds us all together. So yes. I really appreciate it. God bless our souls. <laughs> so um, let's say happy birthday to yeah. you know, the sisters and to Caroline and you, you, yeah, birthday, you say it. Happy birthday, Carrie. We miss you, Joe. We love you forever. Yeah. Um, happy birthday. birthday, Caroline. Happy 41st birthday, which makes me feel sick. Do you remember that we just yeah, attended 37 for like 12, 10 years? Um, yeah. Happy birthday. We love you and we miss you. And it doesn't feel real that you're not here. So that's about it. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you so much for your company. Thank you to all the contributors for the wonderful stories. I've actually really enjoyed doing this. It's almost been like a therapy listening to all the stories and pulling it all together. Thank you also to Christine, Caroline's mum and her sister Jodie for the support in doing this. And thank you to Molly and Lou for helping me organise everyone and get the stories together in time. Thank you to you guys for listening. And look, I know money is pretty tight right now, but if you do feel like making a donation, absolutely no pressure to do so. But if you'd like to, to either of Caroline's favourite charities then that would be lovely. Um, The first is the Samaritans, who we've talked about a bit earlier on. You can donate to them via their website, samaritans.org. Or Choose Love, which is a charity set up by Caroline's great friends, Josie, Dawn and Leanna, who you've heard from on this podcast. And their charity provides emergency aid and long-term solutions for refugees. And it's a cause that Caroline's always supported from day one. And I know that her support has meant a great deal to them. Talking of support, if you're feeling like you need some right now, then please do give those incredible people at the Samaritans a call. They're always there to help. That number again is 116123. So that just leaves me to say a very happy birthday to Caroline. And of course, she has a twin sister, So a very happy birthday to Joe too. Here's to you both.